Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy, whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. Jim is in the studio. Jim, it's good to have you. Hey, Jim. Jim has been uh, doing walking exercises, getting prepared for our pilgrimage that's coming up. Jim, you're looking good. Doing great. That one time you went walking so far, it's really... It's He's fruit, doing great. It looks fruitful. We're going to uh, the, the Holy Land in April next year. Yeah. Uh, we're going with Father Patrick Briscoe, Dominican uh, priest and editor of Our Sunday Visitor and uh, a whole host. Of, he's known for Godsplaining podcast and a whole host of other things. Really pumped to have him on. Uh, he's so much fun. I got a chance to hang out with him uh, the last couple of years at the Catholic Media Association Conference and just being able to have like a, a, a good drink with him and enjoy like leisurely time with him. And, but yet he goes, uh, he knows so much. Like he's so, he's, he's a Dominican. He's yeah. So well-educated, uh, that it's, it's, it's kind of the thing. It's so much fun just to hang out with him. So I'm, I'm super excited to go to the Holy land with him. Uh, he's also just really cool. Yeah. Just a really cool guy. Uh, and then, you know, get to go with our wives, with Jim and Kathy and uh, Jeff Gallant and his wife is coming. It's gonna be great. I love yeah, Jeff. He's a great guy. Maybe the maybe the nicest guy on the planet. Possibly yes. Uh, and he's certainly in the running. With, with yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he was he's been a part of our, our reading group this last go around uh, for Leisure: The Basis of Culture with yeah, Joseph yeah. Pieper. Uh, we're actually starting our new book club. Uh, it's actually currently going right now. The reading part of it. We're going to talk about Euthyphro. Uh, nice in in August. Oh, I should have pulled up that date, but I think it's the second Tuesday of August. I think it's August eighth. Yes, August eighth. We're gonna uh, get together and talk about Euthyphro. If you've never read Plato before, Euthyphro is a great introduction. It's mm-hmm. short. It's it's pretty straightforward uh, as far as you know the reading. You're not having to track a whole lot. You can, it's pretty self explanatory as far as the story's concerned. And then you know, obviously, if you get into the uh, uh, anagogical and the uh, uh not just the literal i guess yeah uh, you know it, it unfolds and unpacks um quite a bit of the socratic dialogues i thought well it's not a secret that's not one of them but um yeah it's a dialogue oh that is a dialogue yeah, yeah. i was thinking i was getting confused with the, something else but i really thought they were excellent when we it's when we read through just them, a pleasure the, to like read. last year they were there was a lot there for you to talk about and mm-hmm. and really think about, they really made me think a lot mm-hmm. about what, what is it? What's my opinion on, uh, on piety? What what is what do I owe the polis? What do I owe my country? Mm-hmm. You know uh, exactly on piety, and we had a lot of great discussions. Yes, shout out to Deacon Garlic because he's the one that kind of hosted that. Yeah, um, it's yeah. also really funny to do it with Juan who. <laughs> 
in the end, game's like, nope, Socrates is wrong. <laughs> uh, hey, you gotta have, you know, you just gotta have one. And but you know, to his credit, he's stuck to his guns. And yes, nope, I know what I believe. <laughs> I know what I'm about. Socrates was a fool. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, so tonight uh, I'm really excited. We're gonna have a a whiskey, um, a, a first ever type of whiskey. Oh yeah, first ever Pindaren single malt Welsh whiskey, product of Wales, just like me. You want to read the? I uh, think I'm pretty sure. I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure I'm Welsh. So as you're reading this, I will pour uh, the glasses for all three of us, and then also I'd like you to give uh, him a toast. Okay. Okay, so this says to the Catholic Man Show from a loyal listener on the Shropshire slash Welsh border in the UK. Keep up the hard and excellent work and enjoy some nice. uh, Oh, yes, nice Welsh whiskey. Blessings, Richard Cattell. Thank you, Richard. So, Richard sent this all the way from the UK through us to the Catholic Man Show. Which I appreciate. Mm. Uh, you want me to read the taste notes before you give yeah. you a, a second to yeah. Is it to is gather there your rye? Is there any rye in here? Uh, no, it's uh, dark. The nose is dark chocolate fudge with cinnamon pe- and pepper spices, yeah. followed by a lush fruit of green apples, mango, banana, and guavas. The the nose is spicy. Okay. The palate says it's rich and complex, a creamy mi- a texture with notes of vanilla, oak, cinnamon, and a hint of nutty toffee. And it finishes creamy vanilla flavor, which is in no rush to ebb away. Nice. Richard, we raise our glass to you. In honor of your generosity, may our Lord be a hundred thousand million times as generous with you at your judgment. To Richard. To Richard. Cheers. And if you need more, then I hope he's more than that. (laughs) If you need it. (laughs) Ah, yes. Wow, that is, it doesn't taste like what I thought it would. Hmm. But did you get, is the nose is spicy, isn't it? Ooh, I like that. That is just wonderful. It is real nutty. I think that I get definitely a you lot of. You do get the, um, the hints of, of, of the fruits in there, though, on the uh-huh. nose. Hmm. That is, that is really nice. That is. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Pendaren single malt Welsh whiskey. I believe it's like 46%. Is it 40? Yeah, 46% ABV. So 92 proof. The bottle is really cool, too. And yeah, it has wing we, tips in the bottom. We are kind of a sucker for a, a cool bottle on yep. the show. We are. I'm okay with admitting it. Yeah, I I am, too. It it also is doesn't seem like something that I would typically fall for. Fall for. Me either. But I do. Yeah, me too. Uh, hey, so I want to uh, I want to tell you the story. Uh, I feel like that even though we've been recording episodes, just I guess because you and I haven't, it just hasn't been you and I. We've had a lot of guests. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't get as much story time in. Right. So with a guest, we have right. So we have a, a prayer board at, at the Minahan House. I think we've talked about this many times on the show. But for those who are new, uh, you know, you always say grace before meals. Uh, one of the things that we do to kind of bookend the meal is we have a dry erase board on the, on in our kitchen, and it's gridded out between each person. And there's a petition, like something that you want to pray for, and the saint that uh, you also want to pray 
uh, ask for their prayers as well of that intention, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so at the end of uh, dinner, we, you know, dad wants to pray for uh, work through, you know, St. Joseph and mom wants to pray for, you know, homeschooling through Elizabeth Ann Seton. And so we all go through, you know, and give a petition through a saint, right? So Anna the other day, she goes, I'd like to pray for dad through St. Thomas the Aquinas. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I realized, you know what? I mean, why have Aquinas when you could have the Aquinas? I get it. And I'm with her, personally. <laughs> so she prayed for me through St. Thomas look, the Aquinas. You may be Quine, but I'm the Aquinas. All right? <laughs> I'm way quiner <laughs> than you. <laughs> so I just thought that was really, really great. It's like one of those things Like I wanted to say also, just that way, someday, if I go back and listen to our shows... It'll be a memory of like, oh yeah, I forgot she said that. So I opened up a fast food restaurant this week. Yes, that was really that's really exciting. Uh, I didn't realize that you were even in the. <laughs> I didn't to, realize that you were even in the market. To, yeah, it was kind of an impromptu thing. Impulse. It was uh, just something we decided to do. Yeah. Um, kind of the middle of the night sort of deal. <laughs> just, you know, sometimes you get struck by. I just opened a fast food restaurant. It's a very exclusive restaurant okay it's only for bobcats <laughs> between the hours of let's say midnight and 4 a.m all right yeah been so what's pretty, on the menu been pretty popular over the last couple of days oh chicken <laughs> whole <laughs> and alive <laughs> and alive not prepared in any way <laughs> and also we haven't found out a good way of charging the customers when they come yet so it's an interesting but business needless model. to say it's been fairly fairly popular <laughs> A restaurant, especially for a startup, uh, which you know you don't Chicken expect. Express. You don't expect to be so popular right away. Mm-hmm. There's a bobcat's gonna die. I'm sure. So of natu- how, so, natural causes. So Chokes <laughs> on a chicken bone. <laughs> so I did build. I finished. I was already building. I we we had. We've had a lot of attrition. <laughs> okay, we were supposed to have thirteen chickens. We had is. yeah. We had five, and we were going to go pick up eight from some friends. They had to get rid of theirs. The day we go to pick pick up the eight, well, it was down to seven because it's like it was very hot that day, and it's like Heat oh, stroke. one of their chickens is dead. When we got back, getting from getting the chickens, I found one of our chickens was also dead. Mm. So there's two. Now we've given we've um, dropping like chickens, right? Yeah, out of the trees, which is where they sleep. But anyway, built me a nice. It's a nice chicken coop. Yeah. It's like... It's red and white. Yeah, it looks like... It's got the barn vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you going to put the KFC logo on it? I am I am strongly pondering it just to make Jim happy. Because <laughs> he sent me that... He sent me that picture. It's not a yeah. meme, but just... It would be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we lost our two... Like, obviously the Bobcat... They have discerning palates, okay? So they didn't just pick the, like... The worst chickens. They got, they got the best chickens that we had. Mm. I told the girls, like, you know what? Everything that we own belongs to God. God had need of those chickens today. So we rejoice that his will has been accomplished. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm going to build a coop. <laughs> so he changes his mind in the future. <laughs>
wouldn't it be nice right after you get up and you say your prayers in the morning, you could check your phone and get caught up on all things that are happening in the Catholic world? That's exactly what GetTheLoop.com does. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you let them know that we sent you. It's a really easy way to help support The Catholic Man Show because the more people we send to GetTheLoop.com for a free email, it's the only email that Dave ever reads. But by signing up for their email, you're also supporting us because they're supporting our show. This episode is brought to you by GetTheLoop.com. Again, it's the place to go to get daily emails that recap all the big issues from a Catholic perspective. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you tell them the Catholic Man Show sent you. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. We have no special guests today. No, but we've had some really great ones. Father Bonaventure Chapman had two episodes with he him. Was so great. Uh, Dr. Timothy O'Malley. You know what? And I appreciated our episode. We did an episode on which which is out now. Uh, yes. A defense of modern art. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I felt like I remained a critic. The whole time. Mm-hmm. And I told him after we were done, Father, you didn't change my mind. But I appreciate that for the first time ever, I now know there is, because, so, you know, you just look at some of these mo- this modern art, and to me, I just think it's stupid. Right. Um, and now, to be fair, I've never given it a chance, because I think it's stupid. Right. Uh, but Typ- Typically, don't give a lot of things that I think is stupid a chance. Right. Because... They look stupid, but uh, he did. He, he didn't. He did say there's a there is stupid art. You mm-hmm, know, he, he mm-hmm. didn't shy away from from that, right? But anyway, I just felt I really appreciate it. He he stood stood like a man mm-hmm. um, against some hard criticism, mm-hmm. and we had a. I, I thought we had a good Combo. a good conversation about mm-hmm. it all. And I agree. Um, and he did, in fact, make a defense, um, one that I didn't necessarily find compelling but hopefully someone from the washington dc area mm-hmm. will fly us out mm-hmm. maybe speak at a men's conference maybe you just want to fly us out to have whiskey with you that's cool too a parish event whatever yeah and then we're gonna go we're gonna go look at some art yeah that'd be cool well and i, I gotta give a, a you know a shout out to our patrons uh for, for all of this right because the reason why we're able to have a lot of our guests you know on our show is because we've we have support Right, yeah, so uh, yeah, for those who are, who are just now listening, you know, relatively new listeners, all the Patreon money that, that Dave and I get, uh, we do not pocket any of it. We, it goes right back into our show, uh, so that way we can have uh, good guests, we have good equipment, you know, to be able to live stream, you know, the, the cameras, everything mm-hmm. that we're, we're using. Uh, and, and, and it's because of, of, of our patrons, because yep. they decided that it's worth uh, worthwhile to support. So I appreciate all of our patrons who are willing to uh, support us. If you go and you su- go to the Catholic Man or patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show and you get $10 a month, pay- become a $10 a month patron, you get one of these whiskey glasses for free. The thing is, is because Dave and I don't make money on, on Patreon, like we're not trying to pocket money ourselves, uh, we lose money the first month for $10 patrons because we send you a Catholic Man Show Glencairn glass. And it's because it's like it's a really cool thank you gift. Yeah, it's laser etched with with lasers. With lasers, um, and it's a really cool thank you gift. And uh, dishwasher safe. Dishwasher safe. 
and so you know it's able you're able to uh have a a nice whiskey glass and and support the show so uh, we appreciate all of our patrons for doing so Absolutely. And they're, they're going to get a chance to be, you know, we have over 60 different audio books or, or interviews uh, available on our Patreon. We have, you know, cool thank you gifts, our book club that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Camp Out. The Camp Out. Oh, let's talk about that real quick. That's, okay. that's something else I had on, on, on the, the target um, or on our notes is the, the last weekend or the last week of September is our Camp Out. Correct. September 28th, 29th, 30th, and then October 1st, uh, Thursday through Sunday. It is... Uh, at Clear Creek Abbey, we allow we open it up to our patrons first. They get the first right of refusal to to come, and it's free for them. And we pay for their food, we pay for drinks. It's basically a, a free weekend for you. Although you will go to the Clear Creek books uh, book sh- bookstore and end up spending money there. That's just inevitable because it's one of the best bookstores. It, but they, it, they just have cool stuff, yeah, and, and cheese, yeah. Um, so anyway, if you're flying from out of town, uh, we will provide camping gear for you if you reach out to us. Mm-hmm. We're going to open up uh, the registry, I guess, at the end of August. So it's one month uh, in advance. And the patrons get it first. And then uh, everybody else, if there is open seats, uh, we open up to the public. But that typically doesn't happen. We sold out, I think, in an hour and a half last year. Um, so anyway... Uh, yeah. You can go to the CatholicMantra.com. Uh, you can one of the tabs is the 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 campout. You can look at that and you can see kind of all of the things that we have. Um, we already have our uh, Tomas from Ultimo Cigars coming out to do a cigar rolling uh, class. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of things that which we'll, is very cool. We didn't get to do that last year; it just didn't work out with the schedule. Yeah. But um, he gives such a great class on cigars, mm-hmm. where you will actually roll your own cigar and then be able to smoke it and smoke it or save it or whatever. Dave. We should also talk about the uh, giveaway that we're going to be doing here really soon. Yes. I'm what really... can we say about it? I am super psyched about this. Okay. So uh, it's not, it, it's starting, let's see, what is this? It's starting, this is July 16th. So I think it's starting in, um, well, crud. I don't remember actually off the top of my head. I shouldn't. Well, it's starting soon. Do um, we know how we're getting, like, how you enter yeah, the have, we, have you, we decided yeah, this? Yeah, so you'll go to the CatholicMantra.com. There'll be a, a a link there. It'll be on our homepage. You'll be okay. able to find it. And basically what we're doing is we're giving away a custom home altar, courtesy of uh, uh, Catholic Custom Company. So Catholic Customs Company. So this is a, Let me make sure. a family, family business by um, a, a buddy of ours. Mark Gabriel. Mark Gabriel. It's his father-in-law who's... Uh, an amazing, an amazing artist, an artisan, craftsman. Catholic Customs Company, yes. They they are the ones, so uh, Sister Wilhelmina mm-hmm. in, um, in Missouri. Missouri, you know, they exhumed her body. Everybody is like, you know, we were, everybody's all crazy about his awesome story. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the ones who built the altar that she now is reposed in, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. um, they, they got... It was actually very cool because they got the inside scoop on this. They got hired to build an altar a couple days before they exhumed her body. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they would they had already drawn up like, all right, yeah, we'll have an altar. It'll be like this and blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And they're like, all right, change the plans. Yeah. Scratch everything. Can we make it hollow? Right. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So they're going to donate a custom uh, home altar. Yeah. It's uh, seventeen hundred dollars 
Yeah, no. And they're, and they're providing free shipping. They're going to ship free, everything. Everything. You will pay nothing, and you will customize it. Yes. The way you want it, because that's what the, that's what their thing is. That mm-hmm. it's they they don't have anything sitting around. It's like you tell them what you want it to be. Yep. If if you want gothic arch or different you know, colors, like whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, with different stains, different yep. sizes. Um, the, the one we're giving away is a specific size. Yep. It's like kind of a smaller one because some of their altars are huge. Right. It's a home and, altar. So and this needs to fit in your house. Right. So. I don't have the dimensions off the top of my head, but it's gorgeous. Do you have their website so people can uh, like at least? Well, check? you can go. You can uh, on Facebook. You can go to just cat, uh, Google Catholic Customs Company. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the best way to find out about this and keep up to date is if you go to the CatholicManshow.com, The first little box that is on our website where it says uh, says to subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, that's that's the best spot to go because we're going to be uh, releasing it and making it known via our newsletter very very soon. So go check that out. Yeah. Okay. Um, so today I wanted to talk about uh, lukewarmness. Uh, I recently wrote an article for Exodus 90 that's mm-hmm. still to, to this day, as of this recording, on their app. I um, did read that. It was an excellent article. Thank you. Uh, it's on their app. You can go check that out. You, like, you quoted scripture and everything. I did. It was like, amazing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what does he have? Like an assistant or something? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I think the only place you can find it right now is on their app. So uh, if you download their app, you can look look that up. Um, and Which you should have. You should have the Exodus 90 app. Sure. The new Exodus 90 program, I am loving it. Oh, I am too. The, yes. You know, it's it's now yeah, like more Dave, of a year, David a year round. Yeah, so yeah. we're yeah, talking about Acedia mm-hmm. um, and looking at the life of David. And man, I've read, I've read the story of David, I don't know how many mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Um, but just s- with the the critical eye that mm-hmm. that they have, because they have they have scholars on staff now mm-hmm. who are you know writing all these reflections. Dr. And, Jared Stout, yeah, exactly, principally him. Um, and so I just never noticed how uh, this was one of David's. This is one of his his problems, right? The, the thing that he really really struggled with and suffered from, um, and how. That sin and his persistent, like not doing anything about it, had just ripple effects throughout his family, throughout his kingdom, right? And it just sin mm-hmm. sin spreads. Sin right. is contagious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Exodus ninety, Exodus ninety. Go check that out. Check it out. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to talk about luke lukewarmness. But before we did, like, or kind of getting into the subject, yeah. I was recently reading a, a little. A chapter from uh, Kierkegaard. Uh, we did an episode a long time ago with, with Thomas Lackey on like five philosophers Catholic men should know. Yeah, and he actually suggested Soren Kierkegaard as one of them. Not even a Catholic philosopher, but one that you know you should uh, look into. And he he was talking about this like uh, unrecognizableness, and he was he was making a claim that uh, a Christian servant should. Uh, should be unrecognizable. Okay. And what he what he was saying was is how he he made the claim like here's God, the infinite, coming down as man, finite, completely unrecognizable, so to speak, to his, to to the uh, the person that he is. Right. You know, yeah. just completely unrecognizable, almost. In fact, for years, 
the first 30 years almost, minus like the very beginning of the infancy narrative with St. John, uh, no one recognized who he was. Didn't even know who, you know, that he was the son of God. Right. And he goes through and he talks about how... Except for three pagans. Except for three pagans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's like the infancy narrative. Okay. I thought um, that was in Luke. Is that in John? It doesn't matter. Keep yeah. going. Um, anyway, so uh, on the other side of the break, I want to talk about like, just kind of talk about that a little bit because I thought it was very interesting how he talked about how as yeah. a Christian servant, you should be unrecognizable. It strikes me as it should be the opposite. But yeah, I, I think I, I see where I see where you're going. Let's, kind of cool. Let's play it out. To, to, to think about. Yeah. We are going to the Holy Land and we want you to come with us. Next year, during the Easter octave, from April 3rd to the 14th, 2024, for 12 days, we will be in the Holy Land. And we would love for you and your wife and your family to come with us. We're only going to take one bus. A lot of pilgrimages take multiple buses, but we want this to be an intimate uh, opportunity for us to pray together, to eat together, to drink together, to have fun, but also to grow closer to our Lord. So check out selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. Sign up today. Again, we're only going to take one bus, so it will fill up. Selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Want to give a shout out to all the Catholic radio stations that have picked up the Catholic Man Show. Uh, I think we got a new new station in North Carolina recently. Sweet. So, hey, North Carolina. It's great to have you guys uh, a part of the show. So before the break, uh, on uh, we were, I was talking about unrecognizableness. Yeah. And and how as Christians we're supposed to we're called to imitate Christ, right? We're, we're called to like He is. Yeah. The par excellence of the virtue of man, like the, the, the one we are supposed to imitate. Yeah. Right? And how interesting it is that in the life of Christ for 30 years, he, w- he was unrecognizable outside of probably, you know, I, I'm pretty positive Mary and St. Joseph knew. Yeah. But uh, to the public, unrecognizable. And I'm sure that his friends, people like people who were close to him growing up knew there is something about this kid. There's something about this, about I mean, this it, Jesus if you, guy. If you and I can like see a kid, uh, you know, in some fashion be like, there's something about this kid. Yeah. And that kid is not the son of God. Surely yeah. other people could do the same, right? I think so. Uh, with the son of God. But still. But so, so anyway, so he was making this claim, which is, I thought was just very interesting because we're always trying to, you know, uh, in today's world, we want to be, you know, firm Christian, you know, uh, you know, carry our, our Christianity outwardly and publicly, right? Yeah. Don't put that light under a bushel basket. That's right. Uh, but he was talking about how in order to actually be a Christian servant, we almost have to be unrecognizable. Meaning that when we, when we serve others, it's not us that are being seen, but Christ. Yeah, I think that's the important part because in in some ways you could think about that and I kind of do think about it as being, in fact, recognizable. But the, then the question is who is being recognized? That's right. It's okay. a, this is kind of the provocative point he's trying to make. It's right? like you could, you could take this either way. Right, but this is the, the point he's trying to make, right? Is that, you know, Christ has no other hands and feet but yours. He has no, now that, you know, he's uh, you know, in heaven, he's, 
um, that that we are uh, Christ's hands and feet. Right. Because the beloved certainly will recognize the lover. Right. And uh, so anyway, so he was talking about this and he, he, he was saying how the whole, uh, he didn't say, he didn't mention this part, but you know, my thought was like the whole St. John the Baptist, I must decrease so he may increase mm-hmm. uh, idea. But he was bringing up, he was talking about how the struggle it is and, and the, the struggle with pride in serving, right? And he actually even brought this up in, uh, brought up Plato and, and, and actually uh, uh, Socrates in the Republic when they're talking about justice, right? And it's like, is the just man just because he's truly just or is it because he wants to be just and seen in the eyes of the, of, of, of the public to be just? And so thus it helped, like it feeds his ego into feeling like that he is just. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he kind of fleshes that out as well. Like, so are you trying to be unrecognizable so that you can be recognized? Or are you just being unrecognizable so that Christ may truly yeah. uh, live Well, it here? could be either one. Right. Could be could well, be either one with different people. Right. But he's just bringing that up to, to help you meditate on this, right? right? Because uh, sometimes you might start off thinking, oh, I just want, I want him to recognize Christ. And then somehow along the way, you end up, it does become more of a prideful thing, you know, because mm-hmm. you're doing so well. Right. I mean, Satan is, he's tricky. And you could tell that Kierkegaard is, is one of these guys who, who, who thinks about this and probably struggled with this in, in his personal life because he would write under like uh, fake names, like uh, pin, pin names, so that he wouldn't get hmm. uh, you know, recognized. Yeah. But then like at the very end, right before his book was going to get published, like he'd try to run back to the uh, publisher and be like, no, change it back to my name. And it's like, oh, sorry, we already, we already started it. And then so he'd be, anyway, you could tell like he was really <laughs> struggling with this whole idea himself. That's funny. But I, I thought it was interesting, the idea, you know, this, and it kind of provocative and, and a, so a, a good meditation to think about that, is it, am I, am I doing this good deed so that I'm the one who's getting praise or is it that I'm living the Christian life and when I'm doing this good deed, it glorifies our, uh, our Lord and, and shines light on him? Am I becoming yeah. a mirror that's reflecting you know, towards him, or he was reflecting towards me. Sorry, that that would be the the proper way to right. to say that. Yeah. Um. Or am I am I the one trying to take the glory? Right. Yeah. So I it, just thought that was interesting. It is interesting. I still think about it as being, in fact, recognizable. Right. That. But I want. I see what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, you're a stranger, but I recognize you. You know, mm-hmm. I recognize Christ in you. Mm-hmm. But it's well. But to his point, I'm not recognizing the dude. Mm-hmm. I'm recognizing the dude, the dude of dudes, the dude of dudes, the lords of lords, <laughs> the lord of lords. Um. Well, and it's interesting also because in Matthew eight, we're talking. Uh, uh, I was reflecting on this actually from Exodus ninety. It was one of the the readings not too long ago. Uh huh. Where the the polis the, the 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 people did actually recognize Jesus. So if you remember in, in, in Matthew 8, this is uh, Adam's version of like the summary of this, right? So, okay. um, but if you remember, there's like two, two guys who are possessed by demons. Uh, Jesus comes up to them and the demons within those people recognize Jesus and says, who are you, Lord? You know, uh, your time has not come have you yet. Come, have you come to, to torment us to, before the appointed time? Right. 
Uh, and then they just basically beg to be thrown into pigs, swine, yeah. you know, instead of going back to hell because they just don't want to go back to hell. Yeah. Uh, and then Jesus actually grants that, right? So he grants that the the demons uh, leave the, the the two men and go into the pigs, and the the swine do go crazy and jump off this cliff, which I think would just be a complete spect. I could not imagine. <laughs> Like looking, like being a bystander and seeing these pigs going crazy and jumping off of a cliff. Yeah, is it a cliff or the, I know they 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 run into the water and yeah, drown. Yeah, oh yeah, maybe maybe it's I just, just a, envisioned it like they're like them running off into a cliff into the water. Like yeah, could be in, into the water. Well, what happens right at the like this is a part I think that's very interesting is that very clearly the the city was taking note of this. Like they saw it happen. Yeah. There's two people who are possessed. They're known as the crazies. They're known as the people who are possessed. They're no longer possessed. There's people who see the pigs, you know, drown, go crazy and drown. And then they all gather towards Christ. Right? Because it's like, wow, this is something that's crazy. They all gather towards him. Yeah. And then what do they do? They tell him to leave. They tell him to leave. Yeah. They they kick him out of the city. Yeah. And it's also presumable that the Jews are raising pigs. Right. Or at least allowing them to be raised. Maybe they were Gentiles who are actually raising the pigs, but it's like you're in a Jewish area. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they tell Which them was, to leave. That was against the... They, they see something miraculous and tell them to leave. Yeah. And so then I was thinking about this in adoration, uh, not, you know, like a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking about how in in today's world you hear all the time if i could just see a miracle i would just accept jesus immediately right you hear this from from different atheist agnostic people like i just need just a miracle just something that you know that's abnormal that's something that you know is unexplainable something that's paranormal I, you know something like that you just need something like that and then i would believe yeah and that, that's very clearly not true well there's miracles that still happen all the time that and, Eucharistic miracles. There's the the blood of that one person who very often liquefies on their, on their feast day. St. Junipero. Yeah. Is that who it is? Yeah. Sarah? No, no. Um, no. Jan- Januarius. January. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think it was. Is another J, another J saying. Yeah. Uh, so, but then I was thinking about, well, how often is it that Christ like does miraculous things in my own life? And then I say, get out. Yeah. Do you say that? Well, n- maybe subconsciously, like, may- or maybe like not, Bro, not you, willingly. You, you shouldn't. Uh, yeah, you're right. But uh, how many times is it that something that God, you know, our Lord is calling me to, uh, to do something uh, great for him. Mm-hmm. And it, it either like scares, you know, there's either lack of fortitude, it either like makes me uncomfortable, uh, I, I question his motives, you know, I, I don't know what it is, you know, insecurity, whatever it is. But then I say, no, no, Jesus, not this part of my life. You're not welcome over here. Yeah. And I think the parable you mentioned, or it's not a parable, but that story in the gospel is is a good analogy here because... Very often, those moments that you're talking about, it's where I am not willing to accept that the thing that's happening is a blessing. Mm-hmm. Very often, that's the case. You know, I see it as this is a cross I'm having to bear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, for instance, 
your whole livelihood, these pig farmers, their livelihood just ran and drowned in the water. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have no idea what, what a herd of swine cost back then, but I, we can assume that it was a good amount of money, right? And now this dude is poor. He, ha- right. he was wealthy 10 seconds ago. He had a bunch of chickens in his chicken coop. Right. And now all of a sudden he has. I mean, you want to talk about fast food. Yeah. You watch a pig run off a cliff. That is fast. That happened fast. But really what he has done, what Christ has done is a blessing. He has removed this like temptation and sin Mm -hmm. from the, from the life of this person Mm -hmm. or these people, right? Mm -hmm. That the, these pigs that were causing you to sin, it was against the law you know, for the Jewish person to have anything to do with swine. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're gone. Mm-hmm. Totally removed out of your life. Now, if you are willing to see that as a blessing, it is. Right. So, so much. And if you wait long enough, sometimes you have to be patient to it's see, to see get, these things out. It's tough because you get these blinders right. put on, right? Yeah. Where you're just thinking about, the pigs are now gone. Right. But how many times in your life have things that seem to be like, this is a tragedy, turn out to be the best things that could ever happen to you? It's happened to me a lot. Right. Listen, I know this is going to be a tough sell for you guys, but humor me here. This October, hundreds of Catholic men gathered together from around the world at Estes Park, Colorado, beautiful Estes Park, Colorado, in October, it's going to be gorgeous for a five-day adventure dedicated to helping everybody build a better prayer life, forming up virtue and a life beyond Exodus 90, and having brotherly fellowship, getting to know one another, most likely over a pint. Join us, exodus90.com slash the summit. We're going to be there. Dave and I, we're going to be giving a talk. We have a live Catholic Man Show episode there. Join us, exodus90.com slash summit. Hello. This is the. Cat- How are you? <laughs> I've been wondering. <laughs> After all, the- yes, we're gonna start quoting Adele. <laughs> I'm wondering. After all this time, this you'd like to meet to go over everything, everything. which would sound terrible. Like, no, I don't. What want do you? To- well, what do you want to talk about? Everything. Everything. It's like you know what. I don't have time for that, all Never right? Mind. I'm getting called. I'm blocking your number. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I thought maybe like a 30-minute lunch. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about everything. Anyway, uh, we were just commenting over the break how good this whiskey is. Penderin. 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 Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> Jim, what's the uh, yummy scale here? The highest score possible. This is the highest score. Oh, yeah, okay. he says highest score because it's free. Oh, baby. You know, my grandfather, he was a wise man. One time I asked him, what, hey, Grandpa, because he, he, he was a beer man, right? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite beer? He said, free. And I was like, all right. <laughs> well, what's your second favorite? Cold. He's <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Probably don't have a third favorite, do you? <laughs> like to go over everything we're gonna go over everything 
that's a true uh, story about my grandpa. I I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he didn't come up with that. <laughs> but you know, when I was like 15 and I asked him, I'd never heard it before. It was pretty funny, right? So uh, we were talking about you know uh, these things. Uh, Matthew eight. Matthew eight. Sometimes bad things happen in your life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can think of like a couple really concrete examples in my life where it seemed like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for me to be able to actually reflect with the right perspective mm-hmm. and the right point of view where I realized that wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me. That was the best thing that ever, because if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be able to do. I wouldn't this. have had the. I mean, and it just it was like a clearly a moment where God was intervening and yeah. you know allowing me to suffer something so that I could grow. Right. Yeah. Praise God for those moments. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's important, you know, to to recognize uh, that Jesus is Lord. To recognize uh, where the Lord is working in your life. Yeah. Um. To know that we cannot be complacent in our vocations, right? And this is kind of where I'm, I wanted to kind of get into this idea of lukewarmness, because I think that this is a this is this is a, a temptation that I think a lot of men run into. I mean, including myself, right? Is that you get into the monotonous uh, activities of every single day, and you don't uh, stop and reflect and realize, you know, try to assess like, am I growing spiritually? Am I not growing spiritually? Uh, am I just going through the motions? Even if I am praying, am I really like, am I actually, you know, giving this time to our Lord or am I just checking the box? You know, there's all these things throughout, uh, our lives that can cause us to be lukewarm, to be kind of going through the motion, to be apathetic about it. Right. And in, uh, in revelation, God clearly talks about uh, people who are lukewarm, and he does not speak well of them. No. They become his vomit. Yeah. Because he spits them back out. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is something that I think that would be good to reflect upon. It's a lot like coffee. Be hot or cold. I, right. I, can, I can dig it either way. But if you're lukewarm, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is something that I, I thought would be good to reflect about, uh, reflect on. Like, you know, are we are we being lukewarm? Is this something that maybe describes somebody that you know, a, a friend of yours, you know, even somebody who's in your men's group, uh, or is it something that describes you? You know, is it something that that you hadn't really thought about, and all of a sudden, as we're talking about these things, you're like, yeah, well, maybe I am not taking my vocation as as a husband as seriously as I should, or as a father, or you know, uh, maybe I'm not working very hard at my, you know, at my job. Maybe I'm just kind of going yeah. through the motions. You know, in fact, you said that. What are the similarities or differences between lukewarmness and acedia? Well, I think a lot, I think there's... Because I think there's a lot of overlap between right. the two. Yeah, totally, absolutely. I think that there are some, some clearly some differences, you know, lukewarmness. Do you have the hiccups? I do. I've, I've had them all day, and they're driving me crazy. Uh, I think that uh, the lowest level of purgatory is having the hiccups, having to put up blinds with 100-degree humidity. I think that could be the lowest level of purgatory. With mosquitoes attacking you. And just as you're like, 
and you're you're trying to do it one-handed because you got to hold the blinds in the right spot, and so you got the power drill, and you got trying to hold the screw at the, the end of the, and just as you're about to get it, you hiccup, and, and you move, and then the and, mosquito and, bites you, right. and you're like, and you drop the screw, and now you have to find it, and you're covered in poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that could be the lowest level level yeah. of purgatory. The people in in purgatory right now are not necessarily laughing; they're like. This is not uh, even close. I don't think there's this laughing close. very much. Laughing, no. Uh, so anyway, so I, I wanted to, like uh, I wrote this article for like I said for Exodus ninety uh, on lukewarmness uh, and and ways to kind of get out of basically this rut, get out of yeah. this state of lukewarmness, right? So I think one of the things that you, we've talked about on the show before, but you know when you're in a rut, when you're in uh, a, a struggle, the first thing you need to do is just kind of recognize it. You need to know like this is like I am I am in a valley. I'm in a you know, I, I'm in a uh, a time that is been difficult. Yeah, and this is time not to really make big decisions, right? Right. You yeah, know, that's uh, exactly right. Yeah, what you need to do is decide, and often you might need help making this decision. Mm-hmm. Is this a moment that I just need to persevere? Mm-hmm. You know, and just keep. You know, I'm just going to stay stay with it and wait for it to pass. Or is it a moment where God is calling me? You know, like trying to point something out, right? Right. Yeah. That, hey, you've got this this flaw that right. is just it needs it, to go, and that's the reason. Yes. For for your being in a spiritual rut or whatever, you know. So maybe you need to. So yes, it's a time for self self reflection. Uh, Saint Ignatius says that we need to become ourselves, reflecting on ourselves. Okay, so you got to set aside the emotional aspect, everything, and and decide. Do I need to persevere, or do I need to actually like really examine? I mean, you should examine yourself, but that's what you need to do, right? And uh, actually, uh, Father Gary Goulagrange, yeah, um, actually wrote about four ways of escaping like this treacherous state of lukewarmness. Okay, uh, and I thought these were really good, and they they really piggyback well off of what Exodus uh, ninety is 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 trying to offer, right? So. Uh, Father Gary Goulagrange, uh is a 20th century Dominican. Uh, he was uh, almost, he made it basically to, to Vatican II and then passed away. Uh, he was very influential in uh, St. Pope John Paul's uh, life, Ratzinger's life. Uh, you know, he was a, a man of, uh, he, was, he was such a great teacher that people would go and audit his class because he was so jovial and uh, well-known. Like, people loved him. Like, mm. just loved the way he taught, uh, l- loved him as a teacher. He's best known for his spiritual uh, theology, I think, probably like the, uh, what is it called? The three waves? Uh, three, I have it right there. The, the three stages of the interior life. Ooh, that was tough, and that was an easy, easy, easy you, thing to say. You did it, bro. Uh, but yeah, so he he talks about like, okay, if you are, if you recognize you are in this state of lukewarmness, here mm-hmm. are four ways in which you can get out of this. The first thing he says is have uh, a good retreat. He says you need to you need to, you need to get away. Yeah, because I think and before I think we need it would be helpful to distinguish. I think an important distinction between lukewarmness and acedia is lukewarmness is more of a lack of fervor, a lack of, like, yeah. devotion, mm-hmm. okay? Whereas acedia is sloth, uh, and it's, 
it, it's more of an aversion from doing the good, so to speak, you know, an aversion from um aversion from God ultimately is what it is. It's a, it's a, unwilling to do the, the hard because for the sake of the pleasure that you're, you're currently arriving right, in. Exactly. And so they overlap a lot. There's right. a lot of, a lot of gray overlapping, but um, specifically lukewarmness. That's like a good retreat is not necessarily going to help um, your achadia or acedia. In fact, you might, if you're suffering, if you're a slothful person, you might say, Oh, I need to go on a retreat simply to stop doing whatever it is you're doing right now. Because the, the slothful mm. person is constantly looking for something else to do. Some distraction. Right? And so the, those, it's an important distinction, I think, to make. That sure. The slothful person doesn't need a retreat. They need to finish their work. Mm-hmm. Do, that's a good point. do the mundane, the, yeah. the thing that's in front of you. Yeah, no, I think, I think that, 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 that's a good point. Uh, so, but I think really what he's talking about here, like when you read what he, you know, to make a good retreat, uh, I don't think that that's, I, you and I both have said on the show before that it is, I think it's very, we think it's very important to have a yearly retreat where, yeah. you, where you go away. I, th- uh, I think it's a must. I think it's like one of those things you have to do. Not everybody's going to be able to, right. you know, but if, if, if your state in life makes it where it's something that is possible for you, um, it's it's absolutely something you need to just plan on. Just it's part of your yearly schedule, right? And really, it is. It, it's a true rest, right? It's this idea of what true leisure is, like. Uh, and you know, if you're weary, the Lord says, you know, come to Him and He will give you rest. Uh, but like you said, not everybody is capable of taking a year a, a yearly retreat. Yeah. And so uh, we're out of time on the radio. But if you go to thecatholicmanshow.com, uh, I want to suggest. Another way of taking a yearly retreat, like a retreat, um, without having to go anywhere, so to speak. Very good. Um, We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers to Jesus. Okay, so uh, we're talking about having a good retreat, you know, having... uh, a, a true rest to where our, our Lord can penetrate our hearts and our minds and, and really give us a good reflection of, of uh, and, and a receptivity of the soul to, to know, like, what is he calling me to do? Yeah. Uh, but a lot of men don't have an opportunity to, to take a retreat. Maybe they don't even know where to go. Like, maybe they don't even have a place to go. Sure. Right? Uh, but St. Francis de Sales yeah, has... because if you have to book a flight, you mean if you have to like travel a long way, right. then it just, once again, that makes it even harder. But St. Francis de Sales gives a, gives a remedy to this. And he talks about how the importance of building out a mental, like uh, imaginary retreat. And so he talks about this he, when he's giving advice on spiritual direction. Yeah. And, and he basically says, uh, I understand that you can't, you don't have... Uh, you know, a place to go, right? Like you can't just shirk all your duties that you have right. and go somewhere, right? And so he strongly suggested to build out in your mind a specific place to go to listen to to our Lord. And he like gives us like intro to about life. If you have not read that, it's a great, uh, it's a wonderful book by Saint Francis de Sales. And he, 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 that's probably the book I read the most. I read, I read it a lot. Yes. I take it with me to adoration. It's a really good launching point for, for meditation, uh, meditation, especially the first parts of, of the book. Like it yeah, basically well, he actually, meditation. He's actually like telling you, here's this is how to meditate. Right. Yeah. Um, 
But he talks about like mentally build out a retreat in your head. Like, what does that look like? You know, is it out? Is it outdoors? Is it, is it out in the mountain? Is it like you know in, in a church, an empty, big, massive church? Like, where is it? The bathroom, <laughs> wherever it is. Uh, uh, and, and like you know, build every, it out. Every parent knows exactly what I mean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but like where, like wherever it is, build it out in your mind, and like continually go back to it. I don't know. Do you do do this? No, I'm just thinking about continually going back to the bathroom over and over again. Do you do this in meditation? Um, I do something similar to this when I pray. Yeah, like at the beginning of my meditation, yeah, try to put myself not so much in a physical place. Oh, you don't? I just try to put myself in the awareness, awareness of God's presence right here. Oh, okay. Okay, like recognizing he's present here. Oh, okay. with me, like it, this is the. I don't. I, I don't go to an imaginary place. The place I'm in. Oh, it's a real place. See what? But it, but either way, either way works. Yeah. See, I I envision like uh, Mary walking me to this place, and it's like green, like hills, mm-hmm. and it, like she's walking me through this like like windy area, and I I walk through it every time. It's yeah. the same, same. It's the same road. It's like your memory palace, kind of. Yeah, it's my memory palace, and like it helps me, and like it actually, she actually leads me to the rock at the agony of the garden, and that's where she leads me. That sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I, like no, it's a, it's a, it, it's a beautiful. Couldn't have been the wedding at Cana. <laughs> Jesus was there too, Mary. <laughs> Feasting. You had to bring me. You had to bring me here. <laughs> Um, but in my mind, it, it prepares me for, uh, like yeah. prayer. Yeah. I mean, that's good too. That that's the important thing is that whatever puts you in the right frame of mind to where you can now, you're, you have to engage your imagination, mm-hmm. um, which is like, we should do more episodes, I think about the imagination because mm-hmm. it's absolutely critical for your prayer life. Yep. Um, just so that you can begin to chew on and the and mysteries then, and wonders of and then and hear and hear the word like uh, yeah. hear, hear what God because there have been times where it's like I have clearly heard God tell me not with my ears right, right. but I just knew I just knew it right and I think he speaks to me through my imagination it's like my imaginative powers mm-hmm. and then I become convicted and after reflection more convicted that Yes, this is something I need to do. This is a course of action I need to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same here. Yeah. But but I think, it, I think it's because of it's the imagination mm-hmm. where where that takes place initially. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that Father Gary Lagrange suggests is so he says the first thing is a retreat. The second thing he says is a, is spiritual direction. Yeah. Now he said, he, um, in this he does kind of caveat a little bit. Uh, and and very quickly, like in passing, uh, if if my memory serves correctly, like knowing like not everybody can have a spiritual director. Yeah. In fact, most people don't need a spiritual director. Like what you should do before you before you you reach your spiritual like you should just like you start mortally sinning. Like. Yeah. Work on that, and yeah. then and then like. Also, you could get. Uh, introduction to the devout life by francis de sales so this is what he says is like we should hearken back to the spiritual masters that uh within our church yeah. and read them 
because he's literally giving spiritual direction to Belothia, I think is her name. Right. Um, and we should harken back to the uh, spiritual masters yeah. uh, that our church has given us. Hey, I'll, I'll be your spiritual director, and you can be mine. Wouldn't that be weird? Well, I think that actually kind of already happens. I know. I'm just, well, I mean, there is something. Have, because, you, have you ever had a formal spiritual director? Yes. So um, I don't have one right now, but I've had one in the past, and it is definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you, once you go into that, have that, initiate that formal relationship, mm-hmm. other than just like, hey, an authentic friendship, there is. Which is, which is the other part that Gary Goulagrand's. Yes, you know, suggests. But spiritual direction, formal spiritual direction, does come with more like spiritual power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because when your spiritual director tells you to do X, you can rest in obedience, right? You don't have to wonder. It's not up to you to wonder. Am I? Is this really the like the right spiritual path? Blah 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 blah. Not that your spiritual director can't be wrong. Certainly, they can be. It's important to have a good spiritual director, but. Being obedient to them is but even it's, more important. Right, but you get the grace of obedience, right. Um, God, God is going to guide you, you know, more formally yeah. through that, because of that relationship and that, anyway. Right. And so, but, you know, this is also important, and we've talked about this kind of ad nauseum uh, about the importance of true friendship, yeah. uh, authentic friendship, of keeping, you know, uh, being able to stay in the straight and narrow really is important to be able to do with friends because they help you do that, right? And that um, a, a true friend is a, is a true treasure, you know, because they they desire your ultimate end, namely with God. Yeah. Uh, so the third thing he talks about, which is like the, I think this is the hardest one. Okay. He says it's a cross. So here you are, you're being, like, you realize, like, yeah, I, I, maybe I am a little bit lukewarm. And he's like, you know, one way to, you know, to get out of this treacherous state, a cross. I hate those. Well, they're, part, they're actually uh, the instrument in which is for your salvation. Yeah, I know. Which but your salvation is what you desire. And, it is. And want. So you that don't actually hate them. Well, I dislike them strongly. <laughs> I recognize my need for them. But, sort of like back in the day when medicine used to taste terrible, mm-hmm. you recognize, I need to drink this so, right. that, yeah. so that I don't die. Okay, so uh, in this article, I'm, I'm, let me just quote this from, from Gary Lou Ronge because I think he says this beautiful. He says, okay. Life itself teaches us that the strength of a soul in the midst of trial and temptations comes from its practical and experiential consciousness of the infinite value of redemption, of the omnipotent efficacy of Christ's death on the cross. Um, and so we're all going to go through hardships. We're all like life is, is tough, right? Yeah. So are we going to take those, those times, which are tough, those crosses that, that, that life has given us, and that are we going to offer them back up to the Lord so that they may He may you know purify them, sanctify them, uh, and and really uh, present them 
so to speak, for us mm-hmm. to the Lord, so that uh, we uh, they may be part of our salvific plan. Absolutely. I mean, you have to. That's. that's I mean, the, the cross. That's, that's why God gives them to the once again their their blessings. Right. right? And, and God only blesses. Everything he does is a blessing, okay? He never, he never doesn't bless, okay? There are things that seem like this is the worst, like we mentioned. It's a blessing, right? You, you right. have to allow it to transform you. Um, now I'm not saying that all things that happen to you are blessings from God, right? Because there's a lot of sin in the world. Sure. Uh, but... But if it's if it's something like this, like oh, it's a cross. It, well, just bear it because mm-hmm. it's it's good for you. And and someday, and very soon, looks- you'll find that you know what, um, that cross in the beginning seemed heavy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't anymore. Well, and bearing it looks different. Like it doesn't mean, necessarily mean you're just like gritting your teeth, like biting down, like just right. No, like, no, 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 no. You're right. Because like, uh, I think that's important. Because I think a lot of people think oh. You know, offer it up. This whole, you know, the old Catholic saying of offering it up. It's uh-huh. like just basically you know, grit your teeth and just take it, right? And, and like no, that, no, no, that's th- not th- it. That's not it. And you, um, and that, I think that's important to more of like submitting to it and offering it up. And, and maybe that means also like you know going to your friend and saying like, "Hey, I'm really struggling with this." Yeah, and, and like going to adoration and being like, "Lord, uh, I am really struggling with this cross. I can't carry it." And I desire, like, but I desire to do your will. And so please, you know, take, take this cross for me. Very often, that's the whole purpose right. of the crosses that are given to us is so that we have once again, like, oh yeah, because it's very easy for us to forget, I need to be depending. I need to have an attitude of dependence mm-hmm. on Christ. Right. And, oh, and thank God for this cross that once again reminded me to go and back forced to, me to come. Yeah. And like, very often, not always, but very often when you go and say, you know, Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I've, had, I've had moments like that where the thing that was bothering me just went away. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the Christian life, the cross is not optional. No. It is mandatory. No. Christ made this very clear in the gospel, and he told us, like, you know, that you have to pick up your cross and follow him daily. And so the cross isn't something that you can get away from. And you can either... Take it up in a Christian realm, you know, in, in a salvific realm, uh-huh. or you can just like sit there and just take it, and nothing comes from it, right? Or, or you can ignore it. That's, there's another option of, or you could just ignore uh, it. You yeah. know, and and that's how you end up lukewarm, right? Uh, and then the fourth way of uh, uh, Father Gary Lagrange talks about his prayer. And he just says, it, he basically says, uh, for those who are in dryness of prayer, who feel like that they cannot pray anymore, that's the time that you should pray. Yeah. That, that is, is very efficacious because uh, you're, no lo- you're doing it out of pure love, knowing that this isn't something you want to do. Your will is saying, I don't want to do this, but yet you're, you're, you're um, over, overriding your will, so it's to actually, speak. Yeah, more of an act of love. Um, yeah, out of charity. Yeah. Uh, for our Lord. And so uh, he said, like, that is the time that you should offer up those prayers, uh, uh, prayer to our Lord. And then he says, which I think was very interesting, he says, those 
who are not in this state, those who are not struggling to pray, you know, that have fallen to, into the rhythm of prayer, fallen into the, the life of prayer, yeah. should be praying for those who are struggling in prayer. Uh, that those who are struggling in prayer still have the opportunity to be open to grace. You know, sure. that, that are still looking for, uh, you know, our Lord, so to speak, and that we should be conduits of grace to them and, and be praying for them daily for those who are struggling in prayer. And I thought like, man, that's something that I don't do enough. Totally. But I think that like what, like if we truly believe like, that prayer changes things, right? If we truly believe that prayer unites us to Christ's will, who who clearly uh, prayed that we would all be one, that clearly desired all of us to be, you know, under under Him. Yeah. Uh, if we truly believe that prayer is is that cause, then we should be praying for all those who are struggling in prayer. Yeah. Because that literally would change the way this world functions. Yeah, things like that are hard to remember or get super excited about doing sometimes. Sure. Um, I, I will sometimes pray for the world, the mm-hmm. whole world, right? And it just seems like such a big thing to pray for, like, you know, almost as if my prayer only has, like, so much, like, points or something. And it's like, well, if you distri- if you spread out the points over everybody, it's like, it's not going to make a difference, you know? I need to focus my points onto one person, right? Or, you know, or onto at least a small group of people. That way they can actually be helped. Do, do you talk about, do you talk like this? Like yeah. in George W. Bush fashion? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like. I need to focus it into maybe one, one person. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like you're it trying was, to. That was the voice of, <laughs> of George I, W. Bush. Not that I do very often a George W. Bush impression, but if I was, it would be in that voice. You're right. That's funny. <laughs> oh, he's a good prayer. <laughs> I hope he is, you know. I should if he's not, I should be praying, praying for him, for him that he be becomes a, a good prayer. Yeah. But um, you know, like or how many of the saints constantly have reminded us because of what Mary has told them, pray for poor sinners. Yeah. Like we need that's people right. praying for poor sinners. Right. Um and it's like that's a lot of people. That's like almost everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that seems like a big prayer, but the thing is, it's God, so it's not a problem. Right? It's no problem. It's no problem. It's no problem. It's no problema. That was a one personation. You know what? I feel like whenever I speak Latin or Spanish, which is up, you know, <laughs> close, the two go together a lot. In my person, it does end up coming out a little bit like one. One, yeah. yeah. Can't wait to have him back. Yeah. Um. So okay. When so does he get back? It's about time. Like I think uh, soon. Is it yeah, soon? Soon. soon. Uh, so I I conclude the article. Okay. Uh, for Exodus ninety, which I think you know to kind of like wrap this up. So Gary Lugrange says like a good retreat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? A good spiritual director. Yeah. Uh, he he says a cross, and then he says prayer. Those are the four and, things to help. Get, get out of the tra- lukewarmness. Yeah, to get get out of lukewarmness. So there is a prior thing which I think is implicit, but something you mentioned the other day, I forget what even the question I was, but you like nailed it right away. The first thing is desire it. Mm. Yeah, you have to desire it. 
So if you simply desire, if you, and even before that, there's an, one other step that's implicit. You have to recognize I am being lukewarm, mm-hmm. right? Which you can only do with self-reflection, mm-hmm. having a daily examination of conscience, and being honest. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to go, like at night, you're getting ready for bed. It's so easy to be like, yeah, 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 I did fine. Mm-hmm. Okay? But you have to be, you have to be, have the guts, the, mm-hmm. you have to have the manhood to really look yourself in the face mm-hmm. and say, you have sinned. Ugly mug. You had a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe it was a good day, you know, uh, but it, 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 nobody wants to admit right. that. But when it, when it happens, the, the, uh, you know, the church in her mercy has given us confession to where we can go, yeah. uh, you know, immediately run to confession and run into uh, Jesus's uh, open arms who his mercy knows no bounds. Yeah. Um, and so no sin cannot be forgiven from Jesus. Like, just go to him. He's so good at it. It's amazing. Right. So anyway, so the four things that Gary Lagrange uh, speaks of, I think really dovetails well into what Exodus 90 is doing upcoming. Which is uh, a, a a summit that they're calling. Uh, it's kind of like a retreat, but it's a summit yeah. because it's 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 more than just a, a, a series of talks. Yeah. And we're you and I are going. It's on October twelfth through the fifteenth uh, in in Colorado, Estes Park, Colorado. It's gonna be awesome. But it's going to be you know there's going to be uh, it's gonna be a retreat of, of sorts. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's gonna be uh, monks and friars there giving spiritual direction. Okay. Uh, it's going to be difficult because it's going to require uh, you to give up a week, a long weekend away from your everyday life. Yeah. And it's going to involve a lot of prayer. And so if you are a man who is, who is struggling, you know, and realizing like, yes, I am like, I'm like the embers need to be, uh, auction needs to be stoked. Hit, hit, yeah. Stoked. Thank you. Uh, and the embers need to be stoked to where the flame is strong again, to where I can be, live this Christian life. And live this adventurous life with Christ. Yeah, um, this may be something that you could do uh, that to help stoke that fire, so to speak, or embers, um, because it, it it hits all of the points that uh, Father Gary Goulagrange mentions um, in uh, you know getting out of the state of lukewarmness. So you can Excellent. go to excess ninety dot com and and look and look that up. Sign up. Hope to see you there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you, you too, Adam. But I mean, also everybody else. Well, you and I are going. Uh, Haley's going. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what are you doing with your kids? Pawning them off somewhere? Uh, yeah, we're pawning. Yeah. yeah, they'll be fine. <clears throat> I'm not even worried about it. Take advantage of every opportunity you know to have somebody else raise them. You know what? Jim is taking care of them. <laughs> oh, Jim. Kathy didn't. Didn't mean we to talked tell to you Kathy about this. after mass today. She said it. She said it would be fine. My kids are great. You're gonna love them. Yeah, you have fireworks. Perfect. Oh, like you guys are gonna get along. Yeah, I have, I have, I have four boys. <laughs> they know how to run a vacuum. It's amazing. Um, no, yeah. So uh, Haley and I are gonna go at least a day early. Um, Sweet. And just kind of, cause it's Colorado. Just chill it, chill it in Estes. Yeah, Estes Park. So anyway, that'll be cool. Um, but you and I are gonna be there. We're gonna give a talk. Yeah. Um, we're gonna record a Catholic Man Show episode there as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, um. Exodus90.com is where you can go for that. But anything else you got? Like that that's kind of all I had. But no, I, I just mean, want to give another shout out to Richard. Richard Gattel. Yes. For the whiskey. It was fantastic. Yes. It's delicious. 
Thank you so much. If anybody else I mean, we has a little. whiskey that you feel like we need to try on the show, send us a message. Send yeah. Message us, and we will send you the address to which you can send it. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. Good way to you end. know what we haven't had in a long time is a beer. No, you know what? I've changed that. I, I you know what I did? I ended up buying a bunch of that Nursia beer. Oh, like, I'm so glad. Because like I gave you the opportunity, right? You're like, I'm going to do it. I was going to do it, and then I just never did it. And then you never did it, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm buying it. So I bought two cases. I have a membership now to the Malt Whiskey Society. To the Oh, really? You, you, you jumped in with uh, uh, no, Drew? It's, it's a gift from my brother-in-law, Drew. Oh, so Drew got you one. Yes. So uh, we're going to be having our, our whiskey game is about to like it's going to get better. It's going to go up because <laughs> yeah. Um, Drew always has amazing whiskey. The Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Everything, yeah. everything that he gets from there it's is like, mind blowing. Yeah, it's so like it's I cannot like, wait yeah. to try some of these. Uh, to try some of these whiskeys, it's going to be awesome. They send a whole, oh, yeah. whole bottle. Oh yeah. Well, you have to pay for it. I mean, yeah. But but they get um, like exclusive rights to they'll go so, to they don't distill any of their own whiskey but they will they will take some and finish it their like in a specific way yeah and everything all the bottles are um, barrel proof they're delicious so they're coming in at like they're super sixty percent usually on. here I'll let me help him they're super yummy mucho mucho yummy yeah okay. Anything else? No, no, no. no.